Hello everyone and welcome to Drag Me Up with William King episode 8. In today's episode, I was able to sit down with the lovely Dolly Spotswood, a new queen to the Atlanta scene, and we talk about so much. This episode, I will go ahead and say, does get kind of heavy. Uh, we talk about what it's like coming back from war and dealing with mental issues like PTSD. That being said, this is still a very fun episode. Dolly is incredibly sweet. And I, this is probably my favorite episode I've recorded so far because Dolly has such a wonderful story to tell and just shows there's so much more to the drag performers than just their drag. Please enjoy listening to this episode. I love it. I hope you love Dolly as much as I do. And I do want to say before we get into the episode, please be warned, like I said, this episode does feature some heavy topics like... PT dealing with PTSD and some pretty some rough childhood stuff. So I do just want to say that if you may be triggered by things like topics like that, I would recommend steering clear of this episode. And without further ado, let's jump right into it, guys. Dolly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really enjoying having you on. Thanks so much for having me, William. It is a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Of course. I know I've seen, I think I've met you, I know it when I went to the New Faces pageant in last November. Um, I'd seen you a few times in drag at Tijuana Garage before you started performing there. Mm -hmm. um, I saw mm -hmm. you in the audience there and I was, I didn't, I, see, I didn't even realize you were in drag. I just thought this is a woman in the audience. Oh. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, I really did not, I was not aware that. Huge yeah. compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> and so, but I saw you there a few times, and I finally, I think, met you at the pageant because uh, Adam Drag this time. Um, because I know that was, I think, I was there to see Demi perform, and I know, like there, I saw you. I met Ruby that night, Zodi, and so many others. That was a great night, and I remember it well because that was the first time I had done drag at Friends, um, and it was the real first time I did a talent show and seen so many other queens in one tiny little cramped dressing backstage room and it was a fantastic experience and it launched this like it, it was the gateway drug that led into lots you know doing other shows going to other going to see what out what else is out there oh yeah I mean it's I remember because I've been backstage there a few times helping Timmy get into drag and I mean, that is, especially once all the competitors get there on top of the people doing the show. Yeah. Y'all are on top of each other. Every, every, just, there's, there's pantyhose and, <laughs> and hair and wig extensions and dresses and you just look over and, oh no, there's someone's genitals. Just like, okay, no big deal. Because um, it's just like any performance place, you, there's a backstage and you're, you're just going to see body parts. It's just going to happen. Um, so, know that going into it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. There's so much energy behind it. Um, and it's especially great to see all these, you see people just kind of come out of nowhere. Like me. Yeah. I just kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, and Friends was the first time I ever um, performed in drag. And I knew the first time I did it, it was like, I'm going to do this forever. Yeah. I, uh, Friends is very well going to be where the first place I perform. Uh, looking at doing it next month but 
definitely I think having been backstage before at a drag show before actually performing it gives you it's it give, it's a nice idea to have like so this is what I'm getting myself into right can yeah. I give a little peek behind the scenes to see what's going on back there now I granted I'm performing as a drag king instead of a queen but you st- it is basically so you're back here like there's pretty high energy like a lot going on in a short amount of time mm-hmm. um, everyone's just so focused everyone I've noticed is really especially at friends is really sweet and, like yeah. just really excited just to be there and it's a really good energy but and it's it's pretty amped back there like it's pretty crazy it is um and you see that all that energy come out on stage and when the queens start performing you see why everyone's so excited yeah um, like the energy grows in the crowd and you see it from the crescendo to the end of the night where everyone's just laughing and screaming and on their feet and also you know drinks have something to do with that <laughs> yeah, so far after all especially by the time of the competition you've already had a show beforehand people have been drinking for a little while like when this competition comes on you have like queens kings and I mean all sorts of performers out there already really strutting their stuff but yeah like now you've got the audience had some drinks in them like they are ready to go and for a competition that's all about audience reaction it's almost I, I know some people are like wanting to perform last Oh, for sure. So that they'll be the most fresh in the mind of the audience and have by far the biggest reaction. If you're in a talent show, that's the secret. If you're if you're going for a talent show, try to get a number towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> try to be at the end because people always remember the beginning and the end. Exactly. <laughs> kind of follow the middle and you either have your group of people there or just really show out. I mean, it's like... Yes, bring as many friends as possible too because it is... It's a... Judgment is all based on audience participation and the loudest claps. Oh yeah, like, you know, deems the winners. So bring all your friends. And you brought up a, um, a good point too earlier about if you're wanting to get into drag, if you want to jump into this realm, get in drag and just go to the place that you want to do it. Go watch the show. Support your local queens. Support your local. Yes. Support your local queens, kids, because um, like- they're fantastic and nothing beats a live show. But if you're nervous about it, you're on the fence about it, just, it's, I remember, you know, specifically walking out of my house for the first time in high heels and a wig and going, okay, I'm actually doing this. This is a real thing right now. And I was both like embarrassed, but empowered Yeah. at the same time. I felt a little, it was new. It's stepping into new territory. You were literally walking in heels for the first time out of my house because um, I've only done it in my house up until that point. Um, but I started going to Tijuana Garage, rest in peace, um, in drag. That was the first place I just showed up and started watching the shows and supporting the queens. And that was really uh, what led into getting booked and getting gigged because I kept doing it over and over again until the manager said, hey, do you want to be in my show? I said, absolutely. Um and so I, I do this now. I, everywhere I um, catch drag shows, I try to be in drag mm. as much as possible. I know there's time constraint because I get awful work and I have to rush to show sure. my face. And it's just sometimes I don't make it. But when I do, people notice. Yeah. You know? And so you start making friends and you start chatting up. And I've met so many fantastic, fantastic drag queens. Um, some of my absolute favorites. I got to give them a shout out. Molly Rimswell, 
mystery meat ellosaurus rex.com i love you all you are all so fantastic i just gush over you i love you so much bitch well that's always the first time i actually stepped out in drag was last i want to say last saturday um i can granted i do masculine drag and i'm a, a man but yeah uh, that i think really propelled because I, I thought about it for a long time i was like okay this is fun but i still don't know if i would be like i had a lot of apprehension being a Especially a cis man who's a drag king. Sure. And a white cis man who's a drag king. Just because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of things... Oh, you're just, yet again... Something just coming in and taking what's not yours. Ooh, yeah. Which is why I... Like, I... And Grant's, I asked a lot of the queens that I know, like... Is this okay? Like, is this... And every reaction I got was... Look, drag is what you make it. It's playing with gender binary. Definitely. And, like, with I, I know I talked to, like, St. Venus and Zodiac, and I reached out to you, uh, and they were all like, it's playing with the gender, this is your character, this is who you make it. Right. And so you can totally do that. You, like, you're probably, like, yeah, you'll get some mixed reaction being a male drag king, or a cis male, to be specific. Mm-hmm. But you're, that shouldn't, by any means, stop you from doing it. And especially because my makeup, even though I haven't done it much, it's only been done for me tends to trend to being kind of queen mm-hmm. like my drag is sort of androgynous sure uh which is kind of how i like it just if i'm gonna be a cis man being a drag king i don't want to play into like super masculine because that's i could just do that in my regular life yeah i like kind of playing as a feminine drag queen king if that makes sense absolutely makes uh, sense and because I, the thing when i started looking into dragon um, started learning its culture and history. Um, the thing that stuck with me is I think Oxford defined it as gender parody. Mm. And I thought that was fantastic because it means you can take this, these binary constructs, male and female, you can mash them together, you can make them whatever you want. You can be more masculine, you can be more feminine, you can be yeah. masculine and feminine at the same time. Um, the Which really kind of is in this this big cuddle pool, this LGBTQ community, this fantastic queer community of, look, just express yourself. Like, be the thing you want to be, right? Be the thing, your truest self. Um, Coming into drag, doing all of this um, was years in the making because, you know, I'll share, I'll show this with you. Uh, Growing up, I was a Mm cross-dresser and I was closeted, right? I used to sneak into my mom's room and go steal her high heels and put on her dresses and I'd hear the front door open and rush and throw it all back in the closet, you know, exactly where I found it. And I was doing this for years and I I was never out. Mm-hmm. I never I didn't come out until I was about thirty. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm thirty six now. So I lived in the closet. I was raised very conservative Christian, um, in the South in the Bible belt, in the parlay of our times. Sure. Um and in that culture it's it's really hard to express yourself to be who you truly are. Um, so I did my goth phase. You know, I would wear all black and like put on eyeliner and wear chains and stuff. It was very feminine though. Sure. It was like because the goth kids were kind of femmy. Yeah. So naturally, I let it, I just walked right into that. Um, so years later understanding who I am, like really getting in touch with myself, figuring out who I am, um, I realized that I'm a queer, I'm queer femme. So I wear makeup, I 
you know, put on nail polish and wear women's clothes. Um, I'm just a, like a day-to-day cross-dresser. Sure. Um, but it's just clothes that fit and it's clothes that are comfortable and it expresses who I am. That all started with this, this pair of um, glasses. These, I wish I could show you all. Um, but if you, if you know me, you know these glasses. Um, they're 1960s style cat eye glasses. They're not real. I just picked them up in the store one day and I said, I'm going to start living my truest self. I'm yeah. going to start dressing how I feel inside and I'm going to start being me. And of course, a couple months down the road, I stumble into drag. I stumbled into a drag show somewhere, probably Tijuana Garage or Mary's. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I've never seen because I only knew about it through RuPaul or just, you know, the big stars. Sure. But I've never seen it live. I've never been to a live show. And that first time, it was, oh, I know it was. It was at um, what well, used to be Burkhart's. Okay. Is now, is now Midtown Mid, right? I believe so. Yeah. It was a Burkhart show, and I it was my birthday or something, and I just went there by myself because I heard there was a drag show, and I was there was a moment where like I can do this, I absolutely have to do this, yeah, because I saw all of these fantastic queens with their big hair and their beautiful dresses and the sparkle and the femininity of it all was so attractive. Mm. I just I knew I had to be a part of this world, and when you grow up, um, not in the community, not knowing who you are, and like, apart from that, it's so, it's such a good feeling to understand that I belong to a community that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Until just a few years ago. And all of a sudden, I have so many friends that are like-minded, who understand that we're different from society, we're, we're not normal, but we revel in our abnormality, yeah, right? exactly. we, we express ourselves to the to the max, and I'm telling you, it's been such an eye-opening thing for me because I used to be so depressed mm-hmm. and so down all the time, um, and finding drag coming into this world has just been a lifesaver. Well, that's like as I came out, it's coming up on a year ago, uh, and I was the same way, kind of. I don't think I knew or was willing to let myself in on the fact that I knew I was LGBT mm-hmm. uh, for quite a while. and But once I figured it out about myself and kind of got into it, it is, it's very freeing once you can realize, like, you find like-minded people to revel in your sort of differences from everyday people. Yeah. Uh, and I stumbled into the drag community through Dimitri. Uh, and the more I was around it... Who I love, by the way. I love you, Danny. Uh, the more I was around it, and like around these queens, the more I was like, I want to do this, but not exactly the way you're doing it. Right. Uh, which is how I came to being a king. And before I did I asked a lot of these queens, like, am I going to offend people? Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing was like, I was told, like, yeah, maybe. You might offend some people. Sure. But it's like, there are queens that offend people that's just part of it people are going (laughs) to be offended look my very existence is offensive to somebody right there is somebody out there who's just going oh those those gays oh they were saying we hate them they were just like look i'm just i'm just here kid i'm seeing the biggest thing i was (laughs) and because i don't play because the thing is i was like 
I like the way you're being able to express femininity. I was like, but I don't feel like I'm a queen. I feel like I can do that as a king better. Yeah. As strangely as that sounds, because kings are so often hyper-masculine. Sure, yeah. Whereas mine, like, my first look was, I mean, masculine, but fairly, like, I was wearing teal boots and had very queen-inspired makeup. And, like, I mean, I know we kind of accentuated my jawline and things, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, was still very... Shh, don't give away your secrets. Was still very... Fit, had a very feminine look to it. Sure, and uh, I absolutely love the androgyny of it. Um, being able to take it as your personal expression yeah. is very important to... When I first got into this, I got insecure about... I don't really... I'm not really a big fan of pop music, right? I'm just, exactly. I, I don't know the Britney Aguilera's of the world. I always... I listened to metal growing up. Yeah. I'm a metal kid. So when I got into this, um, the first night I performed... Um, I did Marilyn Manson as my track and it was so opposite of what everyone else was doing Yeah, but I just said you know what this is mine I'm going to own this I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and that's that's the Dolly method is to look cute and serve metal exactly <laughs> that's actually really that's all I've always really entertained by seeing you perform is it's so your, it's, your look and what you perform to like it totally catches you off guard yes. and it's really good but it's really entertaining because it is a different thing you're very much being yourself like this is your character yes um, and I think it's fine that there are queens that tend to have similar things that's just part of it right um, and that's why I like that's the biggest thing that so many queens have told me is that sure you, being a cis man as a king you'll probably have some people say, asking what you're doing or you're not a real drag performer and that's fine. That's their opinion. Sure. But it's like, the end of the is be confident in your character and develop it. Yeah. And you'll have a lot of people rally around you. You will. You will uh, find, you will get an audience. People will see you doing your best self. Exactly. Your truest and, self. But yeah. that, and that's what so many of these like, queens that I know pretty well, it's, and it's like, this is your character. You do what you, like, drag is what you make it. And like, when the, I first went out with drag with Demi at, uh, the meet and greet that Wussing Mag held with Aja. And I think it was dot com that was the one who really got me like, oh I need to do this. Yeah. I was told She'll get you. I'm telling she, you dot com is she fantastic. Like, she looked at me, Oh, where do you do drag at? And I looked I was like, I don't do drag. She looked me up and down like I was an idiot. I was like, No, seriously, where do you like you're said, in you better start. Bitch. Like, you're in, she's like, you're in drag right now. And having a very prominent Atlanta queen look at me and as my masculine drag, androgynous drag self, and was like telling me, You need to start, like, kind of essentially, you need to start. I was like, Okay, I need to start. Uh, and so I am. I have my first booking in April, and uh, it's really exciting. There is still the nerve wracking of, Oh my God, I've never done this before. And, sure, yeah. Oh God, I'm a man who's doing this. And there is, like, <laughs> and I think, especially, especially with what, some of this, what happened today, uh, it's, I'm glad I'm going ahead and seeing that. Yeah, not everybody's going to be happy or want to see a man as a drag king. And that's fine. It's not everybody's thing. May not uh, be your cup of tea, but if you're a hater out there, let me say, just give it a shot. Give it a chance, kid. There's a lot of um, hyper kings, queens trying. Not a lot. There's there, there's kids out here trying to to do this, get into exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Um, to like come into the drag community that is 
mostly, you know, was that idealistic of only cis gays do drag and you're like okay but now we have a whole new language yeah to express ourselves to see what our true identities are and say okay i'm a trans person doing trans drag or i'm an androgynous person doing male drag you're like it doesn't matter exactly it all goes back to that what gender parity it's all about taking this these ideas these notions of masculinity and femininity putting them in a blender and you seeing what you get on the other side yeah and it's one of those, like I've said, like, I think it's perfectly fine to, to feel offended or supported, whatever. Like, that's, you've got the right to feel whatever you do. Definitely. It doesn't stop me from doing what I'm doing. Don't stop what like, you're doing. It definitely makes me, re- like, realize, like, look, especially for this composition that is Kings, probably going to stay away from those to give people who are trans men or cis women who yeah. are Kings more opportunity. Right. Where I, because I can compete at things like, Friends on Ponds, or in other just drag shows, like yeah. that are just in like other. we'll take kings, queens, whatever you are, like yeah, talent shows, exactly, yeah. like things like that, uh, and not things that are specifically for. And this is one of those things I think, like uh, I saw it on Instagram or something, and Demi sent me the link. I was like, hey, you should look at this, and I wasn't thinking like, oh yeah, like this, let me look at this and as my cis man self, and like this will be great. Uh, <laughs> But and I think that's why, uh, but as well as like oh, I'll kind of like okay, this is a great learning experience right off the bat. Like there are people who are not okay with it, and mm. it's fine. But it's, I mean, it's that's just how it is. But you you will come up with contention, and in, in especially in this culture, uh, there's going to be confrontation. There's going to be cattiness or oh you know, this, this, uh, pageant queens do it better, you know, this kind of, uh, snappiness, shade, throwing stuff, it's sure. gonna be there, it's always gonna be there, yeah, because there's kids who just love the drama, they eat it up, exactly. I say, you know, let them eat kick, sure, feed like, them the drama, just like, just run with it, kids, go have fun yeah, with like, it, <laughs> part of me feels like, man, I'm making, I'm making waves already. They're negative, but I'm making waves. Hey, you uh, know, any attention, negative attention is still attention. Even, you know, negative press is still press. Exactly. Right? And so my biggest thing is, like, I still have the, I've got my, I was like, I've got a booking, I've got the support of a lot of queens I've known before I decided to get into drag. Mm-hmm. And that's what really matters to me. Because it's one of those, like, like you always hear, not everybody's going to like you, no matter what you do. Definitely. Uh, but, I like. It's always nice to have the people who do like you and enjoy seeing you. Those are the ones you support. You support your friends, and um, if you see, like, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. That's happened to me all the time. Um, yeah, you like you support you support your friends and the people who may not like what you're doing or support you. And to me, support them anyway, because they're, again, they're a fellow drag artist. They're doing their best. They're doing their thing. Keep doing your thing. And this is, uh, I'll share a little testament of keep doing what you're doing because you never know what's around the corner. Um, when Tijuana Garage shut down, uh, I was getting regular bookings there. But when they closed, I, I lost my house. So I was just kind of flopping around, going to talent shows and showing up doing drag wherever I could. Mm. Uh, I got into a conversation in East Atlanta Village, ran into um, a cabaret performer named Tucky, 
mm-hmm. who performs here in Atlanta. And I was sharing with Miss Tucky about uh, how I do drag, and I was showing her my pictures or whatever. Her friend leans over and goes, hey, you do drag and sing metal songs? It's like, yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's what I do. He said, do you sing? Because my band needs a new singer. I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do <laughs> sing, and I would love to try out. And there you go. Like, the next week, I auditioned for the band Voltage, and you are now talking to the lead singer. Uh, we are heavy metal bands, traditional uh, new wave heavy metal. And I only got this opportunity because of drag. It's because I... I created this character, I did the, I expressed myself, it's a, once you start expressing yourself, you see doors and opportunities open up for things that I've been working hard to, to achieve, you know, my entire life. I always wanted to be a musician, a singer, I went to music school when I was 19. Oh, wow. um, I was trained, classically trained vocalist, um, I'm also a classically trained actor. So I'm just a performer head to toe. I've always wanted to perform. Mm. Um, I've, I even lived in LA for a little while. I did the acting grind. I was in a couple of shows. Not anything big or specific. Sure. You can't really find me. I'm not, <laughs> not really out there. But I got paid to do some stuff. And I've been in a lot of theater, a lot of production. So I've always been a performer. And there's times as a creative person, uh, I would... I would get down on myself for not having um, active jobs, active bookings. I wasn't getting cast. Yeah. Um, I wasn't making auditions. You know, we're not looking for you. Great. We love you, but you're not the thing we're looking for. Mm. So I was getting a lot of rejection. You get a lot of rejection yeah. in this industry. Um, but I say keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it because the more you do it, the better you get. And even, uh, I always quote, what, to reinter, you know, to, to quote David Grohl, he said, you know, when you go out there as a band, in the beginning, you're going to go, you're going to go out there and suck. Like, you're just going to hit the stage and suck. Something's going to go wrong. You're going to play your notes wrong. But he said, you have to keep doing it. You have to keep sucking over and over and over again, because the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. You have to keep doing it, because those opportunities will open up. You will get better. You will grow as a person, as a creative, as an artist. And I'm, I'm like the living proof of that. Like I've, I've been working hard my entire life to try to get performances going. Yeah. And just recently, like finding drag and discovering this identity, this drag identity is helped give me more opportunities to, um, to be creative, to live my truest self, to express myself in a way that I couldn't necessarily in other fashions but now I have this this platform this thing Dolly this character actually I go by Dolly it's not even a a choice I was like this isn't even my drag name this is my name Mm -hmm. I am Dolly and people call me Dolly now right and it's I'm just so thrilled so blessed because Before discovering before living truthfully 
I was suicidal for years. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought God hated me. I didn't know how to reach my family. I felt so out of touch. These are tears of joy. <laughs> because now I know who I am in this world. And I feel like I have a family, finally. A real community. People will actually reach out and talk to me and care. I served in the Marine Corps for eight years. I went to Iraq and I went to Afghanistan. And I saw a lot of terrible, terrible things. When I got out, I was an alcoholic. I was drinking every day. I was getting in fights, fist fights at the bar. I would just pick fights. My little five foot four, 130 pound, nothing ass. Just meanest shit. Just the meanest, leanest Marine in town. And I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. But I was expressing so much toxic masculinity. I was just caught up in that culture. And I didn't know who I was, who I really was. After the wars, I came home and I was so lost. I didn't know what to do. I moved to the West Coast, I moved to San Diego just to see some palm trees and some beaches and just try to relax and figure out what was going on in my head. I started getting treatment for PTSD. Um, I realized that, I didn't realize at the time why I was behaving so poorly, why I was such a piece of shit. It's because I was hiding all those emotions. I was bottling them up. Yeah. And as, um, as men, you, you're growing up, you're taught to not express yourself, to hide your feelings, to man up, stiff upper lip, buck up, reach down and grab your testicles, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, and you create this wall, this barrier. You can't get through to people because you don't know how to express yourself in a positive way. So I started getting treatment. And I started to recognize that not only was I traumatized from war, I was traumatized from my own Christian upbringing. It was, it's toxic. It was toxic culture. And being suicidal at such an early age and then going and doing something stupid, like joining the Marine Corps, it's, you know... Um, I, this all could have been, I feel like it all could have been prevented if I was just allowed to live my true self at a younger mm -hmm. age and express my queerness and just let it out because it took this long, you know? And so I want to encourage anyone out there listening, struggling with it. You are not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. We're here, we hear you, I embrace you. You can reach out to me at any time. I think uh, uh, my last interview with doc a Dr. Anise Mayberry, she said something that I think applies here, that uh, she's part of the LGBT community and she told me that, you know, when she came, but she was from small town Georgia where it was not okay to be 
any sort of LGBT. Yeah. Uh, and so when she moved to Atlanta, saw her first pride, she had someone tell her, and she tells people that, you know, the LGBT community, we are all we have, but we are all we need. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's, from what I'm, since coming out, I've had the immense, I don't know if it's luck or what, to have had a very easy coming out and having been out. Yeah. Uh, had an immediate family who was extremely loving and welcoming of it. Um, and to friends that were like, look, you, like you be you, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Um, you need that support. You need those friends and family members to support you. When I came out to my family, they said, I love you, but I don't understand. I don't understand you. And I said, that's okay. Yeah. Just love me anyways. Um, and that's, it's like, especially me getting into drag, that was kind of my family. We're like, we love you, we support you, and we're probably going to have a lot of questions to help understand better. Yeah. Uh, and even with LGBT things, they ask questions because they're like, we don't fully understand it. But yeah. in the matter of like certain terminology or things, like, but we want to know more because this is who you are. These who these are the people you hang around with. Yeah. We want to know more about gels to better... So certainly not to offend, but to better understand it. Right. Um, which I think is wonderful, and I would only hope more parents and more families would do that for people. Um, Absolutely. I hope that um, if, if you see what's happening now is there's a turnaround. There's a lot of shift and focus towards um, specifically the trans community mm-hmm. with, um, with the pres- El Presidente, old, good old 45 just targeting trans people seemingly out of nowhere yeah just randomly oh trans people can't serve in the fucking military it's like guess what i did i did yeah and if you're worried about what the trans people will do in the military don't because they're gonna go in they're gonna do their damn job they're gonna do a great fucking job and there's i don't understand what the issue is i don't understand what the that fear is coming from but like we said before, any attention, negative attention is still attention. Yeah. So we're getting a spotlight shown on the trans community right now. And if your parents out there encourage your children to express their gender any way they want, just be open about it. I hope that, um, that kids out there can just start living truthfully at an early age to better navigate and understand this this queer life that growing up you know when you saw um, other gay kids that were just they're always in trouble they're like using drugs or they were you know trying to trick to make ends meet yeah. and just just in such a bad way that my heart went out to them and it's because their family rejected them, their family kicked them out of the house. They literally said, you can't live here. And my heart goes out to them. Um, But we're seeing a shift and I hope that we can keep reinforcing these values to say, express yourself, it's okay. It's not going to, you know, God's not gonna strike you with a lightning bolt if you leave your house in high heels, you know, in in a dress because 
I did, and I, I, I'm still here, right? I'm still alive. So keep doing it, kid. Um, it's going to get, you know, it gets better. It gets better. It does. Um, I know before I came out, because I was a, a Christian college studying Christian things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely, I mean, questioning my studies in the first place, but. Um, yeah. There, uh, once I kept really knew, like, okay, this is who I am. There was a while there where I was definitely like, well, this isn't good because, like, I am wrong. Like, this is, like, obviously I am made wrong. Right. You get that feeling that you were created poorly. And then it's one of those. (laughs) That God hates you. Exactly. He made you this way to punish you. And then it's a hit the flip side of like, fuck that. Like, I'm. Yeah. Like, fuck that. I'm like, I am fine. It's people's perceptions are wrong yeah uh, and then I, I came out and as i've said many times on this podcast a lot of people were fine with it some people were not and i so be it and so be it uh, and, and that was that and we're not gonna stop existing we're just we're not gonna yeah like wake up and not be fucking gay not be queer like, exactly it, it's uh, it doesn't work like that um i was always scared about coming out at a younger age because i saw kids that did it and they would get sent to the rehab clinic. Yeah. They would get sent away and they would have to go live in a rehab clinic for like three months. And I was terrified. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to be up there with the, uh, with the kids with real problems, with the drug addictions and alcohol addictions. Yeah. And like, you just get lumped into that and you think this isn't an addiction. It's, no, it's, just, it's just who the fuck I am. <laughs> right? Exactly. This and... is just who I am. You can't, uh, this isn't something that's fixable or curable. Sure. And I really, uh, I'm really outspoken against, so I, I'm an atheist, and I've been an atheist for ever since Iraq. <laughs> I went to war once for the first time, mm-hmm. and I realized that there, there straight up is no God, because this is pure chaos. This is madness. Yeah. People, men should not be killing each other like this. Uh, so I, I'm always, I, look, I... I'm not bashing Christians. I think if you believe in God and you have a faith in Jesus, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Keep that faith. Yeah. Because your faith is fantastic. However, the rest of the Christian community, like, focus on the family, and these jackasses mm-hmm. want to persecute gays and keep us oppressed. So we have to fight back. We have to we have to kill them with kindness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, I'm not fighting fire with fire anymore. I've... I've turned a new leaf. Like I left my old, my old self, Sergeant Greenfield, behind. I yeah. turned in my weapon, and I'm no longer a fighter. I have chosen to be a lover. I've chosen to be a pacifist, and making these decisions and um, coming to this point was like, um, I coming back to America. I was starting, starting, starting a rabbit trail. Coming back to America after the wars. I see what a disparaging state we're in, how how much has changed in a short span. Mm-hmm. As I would deploy for a year at a time, and every time I came back, it was I would just walk into a shit show. Like, oh, what's going on here? What's happening in this country that I'm that I'm actively defending? I don't yeah. know what's going on in my own in my own town. Um, so coming out as you know, a gay veteran, a queer veteran, 
I want to encourage others out there that were in the military to also examine yourself to say that was that was the thing I did it's behind me now let's grow let's heal let's let's turn a new leaf let's take all of these skills and things that we learned and ex and apply them into my community and so I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> it's perfectly fine um, but no I think it's uh, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast be like you going by Dolly and uh, really being that being who you are that's all that was funny when I first met you I met you out of drag uh, I remember you saying like no you can call me Joshua or Dolly I'll probably like you call me Josh and I'll probably just look around and not even pay attention <laughs> like Dolly's going to get my attention Dolly will always and, get my attention because I'm surrounded by Josh's and yeah, I have exactly. like three or four Josh's in my own workplace <laughs> well that's like my like with my drag name I essentially use my own name I mean my last name is King uh, easy thing my name being easy William thing. and I took Valentine because Demi Valentine being essentially my drag mom even though I'm older than him uh, <laughs> But it, being that's okay. The, You've been adopted. Like, being the reason, him being the reason I got, or her. Being there the reason is I got, no age in the drag world. There's like, only beautiful. <laughs> that. Uh, being the reason I got into drag, I felt like it was only right to take on Valentine as my drag last name. Uh, House of Valentine. <laughs> he's actually joked about that already. He's like, where did I have a house already? Um, and so I think, in like, Putting a name to this character is what really made it feel like, th like this is a thing, like this is real, and not just I'm going out in heels and yes, some funny looking male clothes. I remember the first time I I came out in full, um, fully cross dressed, fully in drag. Um, I, someone asked me what's what's your name? I said, oh, it's Joshua, and they said, no, what's your real name? It's like, oh. And I had to, I didn't, no, I didn't pick one. Oh. And the first thing that came to my head was Dolly. And of course, it's from, I stole it from Dolly Parton. You know, good artists borrow, but great artists steal. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I chose Dolly as, um, as my name because I'm such a nerd for Dolly Parton, obviously. I've been to Dollywood. I've been there. It's fantastic. <laughs> I saw the shows. I rode the rides. Um. And I chose Spotswood as my last name because that's the name of the street I grew up on. Oh. And I thought the entendre of it was just fantastic. It always made me giggle as a kid, Spotswood. Yeah, it's... Tee-hee-hee. Like, it, it still makes me giggle. Uh, but I think it's great. I think that's such a... It's a very memorable name. And I think it fits your who you are really well. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And it's like... It with, feels right. Well, it's like when I went out with uh, Demi to the meet and greet with Baja. I had not picked my name yet. Luckily, I didn't have to introduce myself and drag yet. Uh, they just saw me because I didn't even... Was not fully aware that I was dragged up as a drag king. <laughs> yeah. Until, uh, like I said, .com looked at me and was like, So, where do you do drag? And that's the moment I clicked. Like, oh, shit. Oh, look at that. Where, where well, did I get these clothes? Oh, my God. Well, that's why it was funny. I remember you messaging me and saying, like, You know, it's funny how, like, 
a pair of heels will send you down the road, and lo and behold, Bingo. that is exactly what happened. That's it. <clears throat> like You wear one pair of heels, and it's all over. Next thing you know, you're doing drag shows at TJ Garage. <laughs> exactly, that one pair of heels, like size 15 heel boots. And... Oh, they're fantastic. I love Oh, they boots. are wonderful. Boots. Yeah, like, if you've seen pictures of King Willie Valentine, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like yesterday, Demi and I went over and got my full setup of makeup to get ready, like, so I can start practicing doing my thing. And, like, that really felt like, oh, man, I'm doing this now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've got my makeup. I can do this. Yeah. And, and when you start spending money, that's when you're exactly. like, okay, I'm invested now. Like, yeah, once I'm you start, putting money into Once this. you put money into this, like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm actually doing it. Like, I have invested. Like, this is a thing. It just, it adds up so quick. It just gets... It adds up so quickly, and, and oh my gosh, I, I'm embarrassed to say, like, all of my additional income has gone to drag in some form or another, but I'm a thrifty bitch, like, I'll go to the consignment stores, that I'll was, go to the Goodwill and find the dresses and oh, find that was the looks. totally, like, every queen, after, like, they're, you know, just be confident, like, you are this character, be yourself, like, people will support you, was, oh yeah, Thrift stores and consignment stores are your best friend. Yep. Like, we're just going to throw that in there. Zing. And it's, discount, I'm telling you, get some, oh, get some cheap, cheap. <laughs> it is 100% true. Um, and it's funny, looking at my makeup palette, it would totally be like, oh, you're a drag queen. Not quite. Like, <laughs> definitely my makeup looks like it. Drag thing. We can, yeah, it's yeah, kind of like... Drag thing, right? You know, like, I know <laughs> I call myself a drag king, but it's very androgynous. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because my makeup says one thing, my clothes say another. <laughs> uh, but when you've been around drag queens all the time and dated one for a while... You know, uh, it just rubs off. It does. Like, and that's I think that's what inspires my makeup quite a bit. So I don't, I've got masculine features. I don't need to... Uh, I don't need to enhance it. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I'm talking about the... A drag identity we kind of talked about some before we even started um and finding like your identity is dolly or mine is king willie valentine or, yeah um i think that's one of the most interesting things to watch is where queens go with it like uh, that was one big thing we talked about in zodi's interview is her inspirations and kind of being um like oh who's um Stevie Nicks and other people yeah. kind of being very cosmic and I mean obviously with the name Zodiac I would expect it but uh, and watching like Demi and her drag and being very hyper femme and uh, like with Dolly you, with you being very like your look being one thing and then all of a sudden being like 180 with music selection <laughs> I think it's just that's one of the things that I think really attracted me to drag for one was how everyone's very much doing their own thing and yeah, uh, yeah. But it's all still under the umbrella of drag. Right. And grant, like, granted, like we've talked about there, certain drag performers are like, this is what drag is and this is what it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, most people are like, whatever it is, whatever you make it is what it is. There's, I've seen, kind of witnessed, there's an old school mentality with um, kind of the older generation of queens of coming from the pageantry of mm. the pageant queens um doing you know big sequin dresses and it's very um las vegas style you know dance girl cabaret girl style drag and it's fantastic and that has a you know a traditional place in the drag community 
but I think the younger generation, because of this this new language of our LGBTQ um, language has grown and expanded to we realize that we're not just you know we're not just gays or straights or you know we're figuring out oh there's cisgenders there's multi a spectrum of genders to play with and it's the entire spectrum of you know masculine to androgynous to feminine and anything on that scale is it's fair game yeah. in my book I think the the more you do it um, however you want to express your gender or not gender exactly it's fantastic and I, I fully encourage it um, I want to see as much of I'm eating them up I'm eating it up you know over here because I love all of the different styles that come out of this because now we have you know the drag kings and drag things and the the androgynous and but we're still retaining the hyper femininity or hyper masculinity yeah. um, of it all I love it I, you know I'm uh, and that's what is so freeing is you don't have to conform to a specific style of drag but when I started into this I kind of I was kind of overwhelmed with the options of like well how do I how do I express myself how do I get into this and start doing you know what's my look what's it gonna be and I always in any kind of art form whether it's music or acting it's always key to have like a baseline like if you want to learn to play music start with like start with the blues mm -hmm. learn how to play the blues and from there you can expand you know your taste and go play other things um, and you'll just get better and you'll grow so my baseline was 1950s pinup girl mm -hmm. because I've always loved the nose arts the pinup girls I'm a huge Betty Page fan um, and all of those looks are coming back and they're like really hot because we're doing it in a more colorful way and the the cuts of the dresses are coming back and it's just I love that style uh -huh. so I knew I wanted to get into that that vintage look and so I always tailor my looks to a like a retro fitted thing because I knew I wanted to be good at one thing first before I start doing other things. Sure. Um, and I'm seeing that in uh, this fantastic community that there's so many creative people that are just really killing it with making their own, making their own stuff, making their own dresses, building their own wigs. Um, having huge reveals and it's such a, it's so much fun to watch it really is I mean uh, it was like when I was first considering it I was like well how do I do this because like, I want to get into drag but I don't really see myself being a drag queen and I was like and I didn't really know much about drag kings uh, because I think the first time I saw a drag king or even knew what they were was actually the first time I saw Demi perform yeah. Um, I'd only been to one drag show before that that uh, Dimitri had taken me with him to it. He was not performing. Yeah. And then the first time I saw uh, Demi perform was at the Garage. Because mm. uh, I remember his first number coming out in this long, like, golden sequin gown and slow number, which I thought was like, this is different than I was expecting. I'm used to more of like, expecting it to be more upbeat and fast but right right and he was or she excuse me was gorgeous mm -hmm. um, and then his next number was a faster song that he performed with the king percocex 
uh, who was the first king I met, and now I follow him on Instagram, and I think we're friends on Facebook. I and, love Perkins. I got to meet him in person too. He was going by Bruce at the time, um, and he stopped me. I was in drag, and he stopped me and goes, "You are gorgeous." I was like, "Oh my god, compliments will get you everywhere." You're my new favorite. You're my new favorite person. <laughs> and it was fun because Demi and Perkins had such great chemistry on stage, and they did not choreograph any of it. Wow, it was fantastic, uh, and I'm. So badly want to see Perkinsex perform again because he's incredible. I loved watching him perform, um, and I think part of it I really enjoyed the first time was because I was also seeing Demi perform for the first time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that was the first time I was really like, okay, that's a new facet I didn't know about, <laughs> um, and I think really sparked my interest. It's great to see. Um, I love seeing the Kings, and it brings so much energy and excitement to to the stage. Um, it's it's great too because growing up uh, a lot of the people that I looked up to my influencers were like David Bowie mm. Freddie Mercury and anyone who was doing you know, Marilyn Manson pulling off androgyny you know doing blending male and female things yeah. uh, and then I saw Eddie Izzard mm. uh, and I was like wait you can do that? like you can just you can just be a man and cross dress and of course he's up there telling fantastic jokes because sure. he's an amazing comic but I was so enthralled I was like wait how is he getting away with this how is he doing this um, and he's she now uh, has come out as transgender yeah. and is um, trying to get into British politics trying to represent her district and doing great things in the trans community uh, out there fighting for rights in England hmm. so there's something that I thought was so great how Eddie took that thing that started as a shtick she um, started cross-dressing just kind of wake everyone up and get attention because you're on stage and sure you're, you're, you gotta sell not only was she selling great comedy but also selling a look at yeah. the same time and I thought that was just the fiercest thing ever definitely I, from such a young age I was like I, I secretly wanted to be like that but I couldn't let anybody know mm. right um, but having those like queer icons those queer influences growing up it's that was always in the back of my mind and it just came to a point where I realized it's like what am I trying to hide you know who am I hiding it from I realized it's I was trying to make my family happy mm. I was trying to keep the heteronormative look, right? The, trying to keep that image was killing me inside. It was destroying me. Yeah. And I was very self-destructive. Um, and living truthfully, being out and open about it has just been such a relief. And what a great place. What No better place than Atlanta because I am so proud and so impressed of the Atlanta Pride scene because when I first hit Atlanta about three years ago I my cousin took me to Pride Parade with his mm -hmm. friends and I saw the, the huge this huge parade I've never been to a Pride Parade so big until I came to Atlanta and I saw how much love and support the Atlanta all just gathered around 
this community. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, this is amazing. I, my mind was blown because I'd never seen so much display of pride before. And I knew that I was in the right place. Well, I was like, uh, I went to my very first pride parade last October here in Atlanta. Uh, and here I am, like, going out in makeup and, and, and like... <laughs> Goes to one pride parade, does drag. <laughs> yeah, like, this is just, uh, I was still totally boy clothes, just made up and kind of like, uh, now Demi went in full drag. Yeah. Because uh, it was his first pride as a, a drag queen. Last uh, year, I, or, yeah, just that last October, I, I, was my first pride in full drag. Good God, I was overwhelmed by the number of how big this parade was, how right. much was going on. It's exciting. Uh, oh, it was incredible. And it was fun because, you know, I, I know my family was kind of like, well, you know, just be careful. Like, there are a lot of hateful people there. And then you get there and there are like tw- maybe 20 people with signs <laughs> yeah. in this little, like, gated off area. Yeah. Just, oh, whatever. Protesters like, will protest. Exactly. Let them like, have their space. They are Americans. They have the right. More power to you, but there are like thousands of us here and 20 yeah, of y'all. Kind like, of outnumbered here, kid. Uh, like, it was amazing. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed by like random strangers wanting to take pictures with Demi and I. And, yeah. Uh, people compliment, like, oh, you look so pretty, or uh, <laughs> your makeup is amazing. And. It was just so incredible to see that much love and support from people that yeah. I didn't know existed. It kind of took me back and when I was walking around with my... I was out with some girlfriends from work and there was I was getting those strangers who were like, can we take your picture? Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Like, And I was flattered. I was absolutely overwhelmed because I've never received that much attention before from... And especially from coming from a place where you knew that cross-dressing was wrong and you know you're not allowed to be gay and not allowed to express yourself and it's shunned and frowned upon and looked down upon so much that i was even fearful i remember the very first time i cross-dressed in public was actually years ago um when i was still in the military when i was in the marine corps um i had taken leave to go play around in england with some of my marines they had family there and it was Halloween, and so I decided to just do it. I, I got a, a mini skirt, and I borrowed my girlfriend's high heels, and I was pulling like a dirty schoolgirl look, right? <laughs> well, we get to this club, and the three Americans are dressed up for Halloween. None of the Brits are dressed up. <laughs> they, it's like it did not. Oh God! It did not land on them. Like they don't celebrate Halloween like we celebrate Halloween. Sure. But we had fun at the bar, anyways. Well, I get to the bathroom, and of course, I had that dilemma of like, do I go in the boys' room or the girls' room? Oh yeah. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be brave and go to the boys' room. And there I was, standing at a urinal, pulling up my mini skirt to take a piss, and a guy behind me says, oi, mate, you wearing a fucking skirt? And I was like, yeah, it's it's Halloween. I'm dressed up. I'm, I'm a schoolgirl. He goes, it's fucking gay, man. And he kicks my beer over. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was on the floor, and he kicked it over. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, I'm on leave. I'm going to get in so much trouble. But I turned around, and I fucking hit that guy. And we got in a fist fight in the bathroom. Oh, my God. And and that stuck with me. That that first encounter of cross dressing in public stuck with me. 
because yeah, I was immediately met with contention. But I was a feisty Marine, and I, you know, just, I got in the offensive. Yeah. But I've also, you know, I've been, I've been jumped. I've been abused for being gay. I've been beaten up and called faggot, and it's just, I've lived through that. And I, I learned how to fight back. Yeah. Right. I joined the military and I said, I'm not going to be bullied anymore. And, but I know there's so many kids out there that aren't going to do that. They're not going to just get tough overnight. Yeah. And so I, I want to do my best to protect those kids, to protect that, that precious thing that we have, our queerness, our gayness. Yeah. Um, it's so important, you know, to me now, but having that, like all, all this to say that first time in, in, in drag, I say, uh, that first time cross-dressing and being out in public had such a negative impact on me that I never wanted to do it again. Yeah. And I just, I would just stay closeted, you know, for years. That was, it wasn't until 10 years later, you know, after that incident that I was comfortable again mm -hmm. cross-dressing and going outside. I know, that's like, um, luckily I've never been any sort of physically assaulted for being uh, like gay or bi or whatever yeah. whatever I am at this point I don't know <laughs> we um, have a lot of terms now <laughs> uh, but have had like when I was still at the small Christian college I was at mm. I can't remember if I've actually named it on this podcast or not but if I haven't I'm going to keep it unnamed uh, <laughs> even though most people know where it is sure. um, I remember about a day or two after I came out I came got out of class and was going to my car and a note was left on my card saying, I think it was burning hell faggot, I think. It was. Oh, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, Whew. this is spicy. Not, I was like, and like, am I really sure I want to study this? <laughs> uh, or something? And I'm like, I had a few people come up and like rebuke me to ask me so. Wow. Like, like you know, you got what, rebuked. Yeah, I got a full on rebuking. Like, this doesn't happen. And like, <laughs> oh my God, it does. Did they try to perform an exorcism? Oh, luckily so, I was able to get out of Dodge. Pull the gayness out of you. <laughs> if they did, they were unsuccessful. Um, I'm glad it didn't work. They, they've only made it stronger. Yeah. Um, now, granted, one of the people who did do that later apologized to me, which I thought took a lot of. Oh wow! It took a lot. I mean, that it was one of those. It's like I definitely forgive you. I don't forget what you said. Yeah. But I do give you a lot of credit for being able to come walk back what you said. Yeah, to own up to uh, it. I'm, like I'm definitely like, that says a lot about you. Yeah, I um, growing up around homophobia in general made me a homophobe, um, mm -hmm. and I at one point in time I was that guy calling the gay kid faggot. You know, I was that kid. Yeah, I would make the gay I would make gay jokes all the time. I'd clown on the gays, but I was I was so secretly closeted and I was so under wraps about it, so on the down low that I like believed my own bullshit. Yeah, and I believed the things that I was saying, and it wasn't until years later when I started to address myself and address my shitty behavior, and I looked inwardly as like the whole reason I've been homophobic all these years is because I am a queer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I know. I remember when I came out, I shocked a few of my friends who'd known me for a while because about what was it? Two years, before, yeah, about two years beforehand, I was engaged to a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, like, I know on previous episodes of the podcast, I talked about it a little bit, but uh, she broke it off 
like I didn't date anybody for a couple of years until I started dating Dimitri last year. Yeah. Uh, the while that we did. Um, so surprise, uh, <laughs> that happened. But um, and uh, that's all I was like. So is that what like made you? I was like, no, that's not. No, <laughs> having a woman break break off an engagement did not make me gay. Oh boy, you hear about yeah the, the um, misunderstanding of where this identity resides for for cis people that just don't want to get it or don't care to get it. They're just going to come up with their own interpretation. Sure, they're going to say, "Oh, this made you gay," um, which just ugh, just ugh. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so please stop. Um, and I also encourage anyone that's like, don't feel inadequate. Don't never think that you're not gay enough. You're not queer enough. Yeah. You're not bi enough. You know, you can be as queer as fuck in a straight passing relationship. Um, you can be, it, you, that's what we're learning is that you don't have to just um, be a thing and fall into your category. Well, when Demetri and I started, when we dated uh, for the while that we did. Because I'd say that because we broke up a little while ago. Um, just to clear up any confusion on the podcast. Um, <laughs> when we started dating, I felt like, oh man, I'm not, like, I just feel like I'm a straight guy with a gay guy. I felt, very, was, I mean, Dimitri's over here, I mean, well, he's a drag queen, for one, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's by no means feminine, but it's more is not like super masculine which I don't see myself as super masculine either <laughs> um, but tended to come off that like less so than I did sure and so I felt like like I'm not am I doing this right like I'm, <laughs> am I doing I'm this right this, this is my first boyfriend and I was like yeah I was only out for a few months before I started dating him I was like am I doing this like I know I'm dating the guy but am I right. am I playing the part correctly or, <laughs> and obviously he had to tell me it's like you're literally it's like you're dating a man right yeah okay then there you go that's it uh that, it's like, that's pretty there much fits go. all the parameters that's all you need yeah never feel inadequate and never feel like you're not this enough not that enough not gay enough exactly it's i i feel that i'm very strongly masculine and feminine yeah at the same time and that's where being comfortable with that and that's where I, i'm discovering this this great human being, this fantastic person. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Ruth says it best. How are you gonna love nobody? You can't love yourself. Exactly. I think that's like you gotta uh, love yourself first, and that's so important to to understand that if you're navigating this this for for me, it's very new. Like being out and open, I've only been doing it for like five six years, um, so it's still it's still all new to me. Yeah, but I'm realizing the the more I'm the more I express myself, the more I allow myself to be comfortable and to use my hands to talk and, you know, just be feminine. It, you know, it's The more I do it, the better it gets. And you, you see that people are encouraging it. They want you to. I had a friend, oh, a co-worker. Um, she showed me my own coming out. And it was from her perspective when she working in the restaurant. I work at the Vortex in Little Five Points. And I've been working there for almost two years now. And when I first started there, I had a big bushy beard. And I was wearing flannel shirts and was just 
butching it up, right? Yeah. Just looking Mr. Butch. And I was still kind of in that headspace about that, getting out of my old ways, my old mentality, old, old habits. Sure. That heteronormative look and act. Um, she told me that I saw from the beginning, from the time you got here at the Vortex, something happened. And we've seen the change in you. Because all of a sudden, I lost my beard, like overnight. And then I started to dress more femininely. And then I put on the glasses. Mm -hmm. And then that I took off. I'm, next thing you know, I'm wearing short shorts, and I'm tank tops, and I'm looking cute, feeling cute. Yeah. Right? And the more I do it, the more praise I got from my, my family, my work family. Yeah. Um, they all said, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, because you look great, kid. Mm. And we feel we feel how happy you are. Because when I first started working there, I was still kind of depressed, still kind of down on myself. Sure. You know, new face in a new city. Um, but having her tell me that, it, I see it now, and it's just been it's such a short time that I've really come to accept and embrace this, this. <laughs> Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've had sort of the same thing of uh, coming into being more and more kind of embracing the, I mean, essentially just being the queer lifestyle it is. Yeah. Not this, not to get it confused with saying that being queer is a lifestyle, <laughs> which because that drives me up the wall, which is a tangent for another podcast. Um, <laughs> but the more of the queer cultural side to it sure. uh, because there is very much a defined culture of like LGBT mm -hmm. um, that I've embraced more and more and in that same measure the community is embrace it embraces you back yeah uh, yeah like going to these drag shows and things and uh, having people be like it's like they'll give you compliments that sound kind of like they're hitting on you but at the same time a lot of times it's just <laughs> They're just legitimately. That's just how. Like they're just complimenting you. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And sometimes, yeah, it's hitting on you, and it's fine. Uh, and other times, it's like, not always appreciated. Was it? They, some people don't know when to stop. <laughs> a, a lot of the times, <laughs> it is very much like they're just giving you a compliment because they like the look you're doing, or they just whatever it is. And yeah, I think it's I great. I uh, love the sweetness that comes with it, and in this kind of transitioning of figuring out who I really am. Like, I used to be that toxic, swearing son of a bitch. I still swear. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> but, sure. um, I made a choice. I had to make a choice to be sweet, mm. to be kind. Yeah. And it's fantastic when you, you, that, when you find people who match that sweetness to that relatability because I'd never really experienced that before. You never... Like, before just going to, like, the sports bar and, you know, chumming it up with the sports guys. Sure. Um, they, they don't speak the same language. No. Right? And I realized that even my, like, what I was saying, how I was saying it, all had this kind of tinge of self-depreciation and sarcasm. Yeah. And just kind of being nasty all the time. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to be, I'm going to be sweet. Dolly is going to be a sweetheart. And, and 
I mean, it like it totally shows. Uh, cool. like, well, like, like when, well, when I first because uh, the first time I really remember meeting you was at when Demi was performing in the pageant in November. Uh, yeah, I was that 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 was anyone who has ever been in a drag pageant, which I obviously have not, but I've been associated with it. Well, that is the most stressful week leading up to that pageant. <laughs> oh my god, the nerves! It's so yeah. I was sitting there like. I was tired beyond belief. I don't even know how Demi did it. Yeah. And I was at the show, like, I didn't know anybody. But I sat down, like, you were there, and I remember Ruby was there just as Ruby Marcus. Ruby uh, <laughs> Was there because it's one of Demi's backup dancers. Yeah. Uh, and we started talking and sitting there. I was like, okay, this is, like, this is great. Like, I don't know these people, but they're just talking to me. <laughs> um, I do remember that night. That was such was, a magical moment because that was, I specifically remember just having a conversation I look over and there you are upset I'm like I'm so sorry yeah, we're sitting was, at the same table and I'm not including you in my conversation so, <laughs> because I knew uh, and that's when I was like oh you've been talking out with Demi and oh you're a drag I've seen you before I was like, I was like wait you're wait you're in men what? you're in men's clothing that's all I'm like oh you're a drag queen uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like this is cool uh, but no I think that that's why I'm, so it very much shows that as being just incredibly sweet person and um, like a lot of the queen like a lot of these people I've met are just so sweet and caring people and like real this community and that's one thing I told my parents I was like hey I'm starting to do drag now yeah. well, it was like I know you're going to worry because that's just you're my parents right however like this community really looks out for each other and it's a very Absolutely. sweet community it is. I was like, you're gonna have people who obviously don't like certain things you do, or are gonna be <laughs> like shades gonna be thrown, and that just that's just part of it. You but just o- expect it. Yeah, but overall, it is like a community of people who really back each other up and are going to have each other's back. Absolutely. Um, and it just just like that, you if you if I called up any one of my sisters right now, I know they'd be there. I know they'd come through. Exactly. And I've, it's so unique to have that. Because you don't really get that anywhere else. I've, Not really. I found it. I had it in the Marine Corps. With, you know, I had my brothers and sisters in arms. Sure. But outside of the military, there's there's no like community. You have your work friends, and you have you know some acquaintances, and you have your little pocket of friends that you yes. see regularly. But stepping into the drag world and the drag community, uh, there are there's the there's always going to be the ten percent. There's the, the the naysayers and the shade throwers. Sure. Uh, but just as you were saying, I wholeheartedly agree that I've met so many just genuine, loving human beings. And I think that because we do such, um, because the whole nature of drag, the whole gender parity, the whole, um, the entertainment value of it is not the entertainment, the, the whole thing about what I'm trying to say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I see a lot of queens living their truest selves, living their best lives. Yeah. And when you're happy from the inside, it shows, it, mm-hmm. it spills over. And I've, I'm so thrilled to be a part of it because I feel like I've found my family, like my real home. Um, not just, not only here in Atlanta, but in this community, in this drag community, um, I'm just meeting more and more fantastic queens, and I, I hope to keep meeting more queens. I hope it never stops. 
Uh, book me, bitches. It's Dolly. And speaking of that, before we go, are there? Do you have any upcoming shows where we can see you at, or see you with your band Voltage? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. You can catch Voltage uh, March twenty second. We're going to be opening for Stunner in Gainesville, Florida, and April 9th, we will be opening for Black Mass at five two nine in East Atlanta Village. Oh, nice. That's exciting. Well, I will definitely want to come out to that, and I hope many of you listeners do as well. I think that will be fantastic. Dolly is a wonderful person, so you will have a great time seeing this and this band. (laughs) And so with that, everybody, uh, Dolly, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, William. Um, If you want to book me or if you'd like to get in touch, follow me on Instagram, um, at Dolly Spotswood. It's two T's because I'm double the trouble. And you can also reach me at dollyspotswood at gmail.com. Um, I also want to, right before I go, I want to um, um, right before I go, I'd like to share this phone number. I just saw this on a Facebook post. There is a trans lifeline. It's a phone number you can call any given time. If you're a trans person and you have any thoughts of harming yourself or harming others, you can call this line and you'll get help immediately. Call 877-565-8860. Or you can just call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. They're always willing to listen. I've called it, I've, I got help, and that's why I encourage, if you have any thoughts of harming yourself or others, please make that call. As everyone, like you said, just if you need help, reach out. People do want to help you. And everybody with that, I just want to say, keep spreading love.